welcome to Femtech Focus with Dr. Brittany Barreto, exploring the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. Welcome to the Femtech Focus podcast, where we have meaningful and provocative conversations with Femtech experts. These academics, doctors, and innovators tell us about the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Brittany Barreto, and I want to tell you about an upcoming event at Femtech Focus. Do you actually know the anatomy of the vagina? Where is the urethra? Where exactly is the cervix? Where's the hymen? Does it actually pop? Spoiler alert. There's no such thing as popping a cherry. You can learn about this and everything else that you ever wanted to know about the female reproductive organs from an episode I did with Dr. Julie Hakim. The reason I'm telling you about this episode is because we're dropping it on Monday, October 19th, and that same day, we're going to do a live listening party. So at 4 p.m. Central, tune in via Zoom, and Dr. Julie and I will be answering questions and making comments about the episode live while we all listen to it. Register for the event at femtechfocus.org. Alrighty, Fem fans, today we are cashing in on a lot of wisdom. Earlier this year, I interviewed Cindy Eckert, and she emphasized that she wants to make women rich. Because if we're not rich and using our capital to change innovation, then we're never going to see the world that we want to have. Well, today's guest, Trish Costello, knows firsthand that women need to be making more investments because when women control capital, we invest in female founders and femtech. Trish Costello is the founder and CEO of Portfolia, which offers a radically different investing process designed for women and other emerging investors. She's also the co-founder of Kaufman Fellows Program, which if you don't know that, if, if you're in investing, you know what that is. It is a very, very prestigious program to learn how to become a venture capitalist. She's the co-founder of it. I, I couldn't believe that. When I learned it, Portfolia, though, what she's working on now is a collection of funds focused on markets such as women's health, active aging, consumer products, enterprise solutions, and the funds are an opportunity for women to get experience in investing. Did you know that there are 7 million women in the U.S. right now who are accredited investors, 7 million women that could be making startup investments, yet less than one half of 1% have ever invested in a startup. That's insane. Portfolia intends to educate 1 million new entrepreneurial investors in five years and create a multi-billion dollar global network of engaged investors. During our interview, Trish tells us about starting the first ever femtech fund two years ago and why they're launching a second femtech fund this month. Enjoy. Hey, Trish, welcome to the show. Hi, Brittany. It's wonderful to be here with you today. I am very excited to have you on the show because you are a name I was told for many years that I should meet. And, um, you know, but you're a busy and powerful expert woman. And so I am so grateful I now get to have you for an hour now on on record. (laughs) I'm so excited and it's great to be talking about my favorite topic. So Oh my God. Is it just wonderful? Is your favorite topic investing or femtech? 
Uh, well, I love investing, but I have a just a special love for for women's health mm-hmm. uh, and and the whole fintech space. So uh, so this is, you know, we have ten funds, but um, but I have to say that fintech is is probably my favorite. You're not just saying that, right? Because you're on the fintech podcast. No, okay. <laughs> Awesome. Well, Trish, let's start with a little bit about your background. Where are you from? What did you study? And, you know, what was your career trajectory that ended you up here? Oh, yes. We'll go back to the beginning then. Well, I actually grew up in a little tiny town in Kansas, uh, in the middle of nowhere on the Kansas-Oklahoma border. So I'm one of those unlikely people to be running a venture capital fund. Uh, and that's probably been the story of much of my career. I love um, it. We love the underestimated folks. We love them. <laughs> I know. Aren't those great stories? Uh, but I did come from a family that I think were, they were entrepreneurial thinkers. So mm. they would look at a need or a problem, you know, or a situation and could, you know, in their minds, imagine what could be built, what could be mm. created. And uh, without regard to having a lot of resources, they would they would find a way to do it. And that's still, I believe, the core to entrepreneurship, whether you know, you're looking at a billion dollar company or you're looking at that main street business. Yeah. It is knowing um, and having the confidence to create something from your vision or imagination. That's right. So when did you leave Kansas? <laughs> How'd well, you get out? Uh, <laughs> yes. Well, I I, uh, I was in Kansas City for many years. I actually lived out in New, in New York before that, right out of college. Uh, but uh, but most of my career, I was in Kansas City, uh, Missouri, for about 25 years. Uh, joined the Kaufman Foundation. I first had a venture backed company uh, in my in my 20s in the pediatric space. Oh. So I had been in had been in a family business. Uh, you know, so we, I had, I had, uh, had a corporate career, but I also at that point dabbled in entrepreneurship and then, you know, went full bore, uh, with a, with a venture back company all the way back in the eighties. So that's how far back I go. Um, and then had the wonderful opportunity after I sold that company to join the Kaufman foundation, mm. which was the first foundation ever to create, uh, a, a, a philanthropy completely dedicated to entrepreneurs. Uh, and that was in 1994. And that was such an unusual idea that the IRS put um, a dozen agents on it to investigate it. <laughs> um, they thought it was some kind of a scam because it had never been done. And now, of course, today, there are many, many philanthropies and nonprofits that are focused on supporting entrepreneurs and entrepreneurial growth and incubation and research. But that was a very unique and unusual idea uh, when Kaufman Foundation was started. Uh, and so in my, because I had been venture backed, uh, my area, there were six of us that were on the founding team and my area was all the resources that you would need to grow your company. So Mm. venture capital, angel investing, um, SBIR grants, all of that type of piece, which was really fairly unknown at that time. Uh, so that's really kind of how I got there. And then I would say the capstone at that was that I had the opportunity to use uh, Ewing Kaufman's money to create the Kaufman Fellows Program. Mm. And Brittany, that was the first training program ever for venture capitalists. 
uh, and for venture capital partners that the business of venture capital was very young at that time. It was still kind of a cottage industry, believe it or not, in the early 90s. It was kind of the just beginning, you know, venture capital was just beginning to find its way. Mm. And uh, the Kaufman Fellows Program uh, today, so I ran it for the first 12 years. Today, it's put over 700 general partner venture capitalists into the venture capital business. Uh, train them. It's still a very tight network. And um, part of it that I'm so proud of is from day one, uh, a third of them were women that we Excellent. put into venture capital partnerships and about 25% were people of color. That is amazing. And for our listeners who don't know, this is a very, very prestigious training. Like if you have a, oh, you know, that venture fund, one of the partners, they went to Kaufman, is very, very prestigious. I had no idea that you started that or was on, you know, led it for so many years. That's incredible. <laughs> yes, I know. I'm still so, I'm still so proud of it. Um, and uh, led it for the first 12 years. Uh, we spun it out from Kaufman. It became a, a, a you know, an, an independent institute. And then to endow it, we created our own venture capital fund of funds. Okay, uh, and yeah. so then I moved over and I led the holding uh, holding company for the fund of funds for another five years. And I'm CEO emeritus, so I'm still very involved now, 25 years later. Wow. Uh, it. Um, but I think it's important, Brittany, because it's a, it is one of the, you know, it's, it's kind of a, what we, what we created at, at Coffin Fellows really is foundational for what I've created with portfolio and, um, and and happy to talk more about, you know, how those work, how those experiences work together. But uh, with Kaufman Fellows, I was able to see a best practice mm. of venture investing across, you know, over a hundred venture capital firms. Um, and, you know, very few people do that. Very few people are behind the, behind the curtain to see, what actually works, yes. um, how do they operate together? Yeah, I mean, it was just, so even a top VC usually will really only have experience in their own firm, you know, they yeah. don't, if not walk behind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I feel kind of similar doing this podcast. I think I'm the person who's interviewed the most femtech leaders in the world. I think I'm up to 75 interviews. And I feel like I'm just like behind this curtain and I'm like, oh, I've, okay, I've talked to these people and those people. And so like, I, I'm able to give these presentations on the landscape because you have this, you know, this kind of motherly like overview of it all. Right. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly, that's exactly uh, how it is. And so, and you know, um, for venture capital is, there's a mystique about it, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so there's, now, now there are books that are that are written about it, and there are a number of the, the venture capitalists that will, uh, you know, tweet and and you know do education programs. Brad Feld is one that comes to mind, mm -hmm. and Brad and I work together at Kaufman mm -hmm. Foundation, uh, and he's on the board of Kaufman Fellows. So it's a fairly wow. you know there's a very tight community of people you know in the business, but um, but really my goal has always been that that we can pull away a lot of the mystique mm. and the best practice, there's a core best practice that's out there um, on how to be a really successful venture capitalist. And then there's a lot of culture that was built up and that culture was built over the last 50 or 60 years by men who were the only ones in venture capital 
you know, back in the 50s when it really started, they were the ones that had access to wealth mm -hmm. and women really did it. Mm -mm. And so, so much of what we think about venture capital is not best practice. It's just culture that's more comfortable yeah. for men. And so what I've really, you know, aimed to do with portfolio overall is to strip out a lot of that culture that, that really doesn't fit women. No. Keep space. Yeah. And then create our own culture. You know, you know how collaborative we are. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, yep. you know how we how we like to work together. You know how we want to learn and ask more questions and mm -hmm. all those kinds of things. That makes for great venture capital. And so we rebuilt it with that culture of how we like to operate. Wow, that's incredible. So how long ago did you start Portfolia? So I started Portfolia uh, initially in 2013. And it was set up like AngelList. So you could go in, it was a curated uh, companies that women, you know, either over-indexed or women would have a particular interest in, and you would build your own portfolio of companies as an individual angel. And then I switched over to, in 2015, to doing all funds, but with and it, uh, with an experience of being an angel investor. Mm -hmm. So I took the best of angel investing and the best <laughs> of venture capital, and I married them together. Uh, and innovative, I, right? Sometimes innovation is just smushing two things together, you know? <laughs> it, it is. And so it, it, they're professionally managed venture capital funds, but I take the maximum number of, of member investors that I can, 249, uh, member investors in every fund that's the legal limit and they can come on every month and watch the companies that we're reviewing and uh, they can ask questions they can hear the partners mix it up what they like and don't like uh, and whether they're going to pass or move forward so you feel like and you are you know really kind of there with us mm -hmm. um, but but it's but the fund itself is led by five experts mostly women in that field and they make the final decisions on the investments. This is incredible. So for our listeners who aren't familiar with investing, because we do have a wide range of listeners, essentially, you know, Trish is, is taking investors' individual's money, putting it in one big pot, finding five leaders then who then decide how to distribute out that pot of money. And what, how, and what I love about portfolio is that you allow and encouraged, in fact, right, it's women investors. So women can practice putting money out there and investing in startups, which is high risk. And who knows? I mean, you're talking about the mystique. It's very mystique-ish, right? So like how in a woman may say, well, I don't want to put my money out there. I don't know anything about it. But this allows her to write a check of it's 10,000, right? Is the is the lowest she could put in? Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So you can, as a woman, say, hey, I want to try this investing thing, but I don't know really about it, but I want to learn. So I'm going to write a check for 10,000. Trish is going to put it in a pot, and a bunch of really smart experts are going to decide where that money goes. That's right? exactly okay. right. We'll, we'll hmm. do 10. So over the course of a year, we'll do about 10 investments. So your money's diversified. That's what's so important, hmm. Brittany. Because even as an angel investor and why I moved to funds after I started portfolio initially as an angel, an angel platform, is you need to do uh, at least 10 investments. And the, actually, the sweet spot is about 30 investments over five years mm -hmm. because these aren't risky, as you said earlier. So you need to diversify. Just yep. 
just like if you were doing public stocks, you're not going to, you know, put your money in the public stock market and pick, you know, one stock, you know, every year or two stocks a year um, and be successful at it. So you usually have a, you know, mutual fund, right? Or something, and then maybe you'd play, you might dabble with a stock or two. So you need to do the same thing in early stage companies. But you get into, well, there's two things. First of all, as you know, women's health companies, femtech companies are really struggle to raise money. Mm -hmm. And the reason they struggle, the reason they're undercapitalized is because nearly all healthcare investors are men. Yep. Yep. And you know, only 20% of all those healthcare investors who are men have ever, ever invested in a women's health company. Which is insane. Uh, we are half the population, <laughs> you know. Uh, you know, almost a $50 billion market, half the population. But Brittany, that's why there's so many areas of women's health that are not addressed. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why we don't have an answer, you know, for hemorrhaging and childbirth. Yes. That's why we don't have an answer for bladder control issues. Mm -hmm. That's why we don't have an answer for so many of these you know, issues that we face as women in our healthcare because the people making investments have no understanding of what our needs are. Yep. They're not OB gynecologists, you know, the ones that are in, in uh, investing, the VCs that are venture capitalists that are investing in health. So we make, we not only can make um, a nice return doing this and be, and, and really find investing exciting, mm -hmm. but it enhances our lives and our daughters and our mother's yes. lives. And at Femtech Focus, we like to say, if you improve a woman's health and wellness, you improve everyone's health and wellness. We don't just birth women and we don't just live or interact with women. <laughs> you know, we're business owners and partners and mothers. And so if we feel better, everyone's going to do much better. That's so true. And, you know, our definition of Femtech, you know, and, and, and uh, is that not so a, an important part of it is everything to do with our, you know, our bodies. That are different because we're women mm -hmm. and um you know i have to tell you a couple of stories about this but you know so everything about you know reproduction and periods and childbirth and menopause and all of that but there's also a part in our femtech fund where we look at the um issues um and you know diseases and conditions that affect us differently that's right yeah. than men and um, and that's a, a tremendous uh, field as well that you know we're really moving in whether it's pain management or uh, addiction mm -hmm. um, or depression or heart disease or cancers and different kind of pharmaceuticals and devices really really critical and so we we really take a look at both sides of this. I love it so. Portfolio, you know, you start this 2013 as more of an angelist, 2015, you convert it into these funds. Um, how many funds have you made? And one of the things I love, and people may be thinking, does portfolio only do femtech? You don't. You have these different pots of money uh, people could put money into, and they're all for different like themes, categories, industries, right? And so what are the different categories right now that you're investing into? And then we'll dive into the femtech one, but tell us all the breadth of it. All right. All right. So we have, uh, we do have 10 funds. Ten. Uh, the first, the first funds were in active aging and longevity. Uh, we have uh, two generalist funds. So we have a couple of generalist funds where we look just we just look at the best companies out there across mm -hmm. uh, 
across categories, and I usually have one of them every other year or so. Um, I have a fund in consumer tech, a fund in enterprise, so business to business companies. Um, I have the uh, Rising America Fund, it's one of the most exciting ones, just, just close to new investors, and that's the first venture capital fund led by five partners, all of whom are women of color, three African-American and two Latina, and they're focusing that whole fund on companies led by people of color. Uh, and then I have, um, well, I actually have three active aging longevity uh, funds, one open now, uh, two femtech funds, uh, and then we'll also have food and ag tech opening up. Wow, so much fun. I One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get to talk to a, a very diverse group of people working on all these different things. I cannot imagine being a fly on your wall and the types of pitches you hear and people like from all these different categories that are so exciting. That's awesome. Well, and we have thousands of companies coming in through our pipeline. So, yeah. you know, it's really, we're looking, we're filtering them all and then they move into, you know, they move into the right uh, fund category and, you know, some of the funds, the fund will fully invest and then we'll decide whether or not to open a second fund mm -hmm. in that space. So that we're always looking. One of the nice things about doing it this way is that we have the ability to respond quickly because mm -hmm. we're putting these partnerships together. And so we don't just have to focus on, you know, there's three of us and we've been working together for 20 years yeah. and we just do what we do. You know, we're really of the moment. And that's what I think has made us so successful. And if you don't mind me kind of tooting our own horn here. Oh, please toot it. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Our first two funds, uh, uh, the first one that we launched in 2015 is, uh, started investing in 2016, so it's called the Vintage 2016 Fund. The first one, second one was launched in 2017. Those two funds are in the top 25% of all venture capital funds of their year. My so, gosh. Yeah. Wow. We've been show. Yes. We've been, I mean, usually a first fund, you know, you're kind of finding Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Not with us, and it's because of the quality and the experience and, and uh, expertise of the partners we put together. So being in the top 25% of all venture funds is, uh, you know, it's just been a remarkable achievement for, for our team. You're incredible. So when did, what year did you start the Femtech Fund, and how big of a fund was it? Uh, so Femtech was in 2018, so just two years oh, ago. Oh, okay, yeah. Closed it. And one uh, remarkable statistic about this, this was the first ever venture capital fund focused entirely on femtech. That's true. So Number one, the that, first one, first one. I know it. Yeah. Yeah. Two years ago. I mean, when we were starting it, I, I was, you know, researching. Now, we had done a lot of women's health investments by that mm -hmm. point. But I had done them, you know, I had done women's health investments in the consumer fund. It was women's health companies. I had done it in my generalist fund. In my active aging fund, you know, um, over half the companies were focused on on menopause. Mm. So, uh, so we'd already been in women's health, but we said, well, we're going to focus this fund, and and so we looked, started looking around and saying, who else has a focused femtech fund? And frankly, we were. You may not be surprised, Brittany, because you're in the space, you know, as well. But I actually thought there would be other funds that were focused in femtech. So. There are some now, and so we're really pleased because we had great press uh, with you know launching the fund mm -hmm. and the investments we've made have 
received a lot of attention. And, um, you know, there's just been a huge movement now um, around femtech, and we're just so excited to see that we're going to have other people to invest with. Thank you for trailblazing that. Because yeah, last year, I mean, I was, you know, researching to grow to start this organization and pulling in all the data. And I would go to my VC colleagues, I was at a, a VC fund at the time. And I was like, am I Googling wrong? Or is there literally only portfolio? Like, am I not seeing something? Never? No, that's it. That's the only fund. And I was like, okay, just making sure because it looks insane to me that because I also have the numbers of the market size and purchasing power and the importance of this. So it doesn't seem to make sense, but okay. So thank you, Trish, for, for starting the first one. Um, how many companies did you invest in from that fund? And can you tell us about some of them? Yeah, so we invested in 10 companies uh, in that fund. We've done 22 investments overall in women's health mm-hmm. uh, between all the funds. So I think we're also one of the largest. Yeah, uh, maybe most active. Yeah, like yeah, period, you know, across all of those. And um, so a couple, well, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you two examples of companies Perfect. that uh, and I love all my companies. But <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to give you the I'll, I'll tell you the largest investment we've ever made. And this company was so impressive. You just had an opportunity to see them. Uh, I know in one of our programs this week, four we had four active venture funds um, when we were able to take a look at Maven Clinic. All four venture funds uh, that were investing at the time actually invested in Maven Clinic, yeah. and it's uh, our largest by far. So Maven is a later stage company. It's a Series C. So when we look at stages, you go from seed to, you know, pre-seed, seed, mm-hmm, series mm-hmm. A, B, and C. So this is a little later stage. Uh, the company, uh, and this is public information, it was valued at $250 million. Uh, she started it in 2013, Catherine Ryder. Uh, so it's run by a young woman, actually, who has two children of her own and a third on the way. She's an absolute superstar, as you know, Brittany. (laughs) Um, And she's really looking to become the telehealth company for women and families in the world. Wow. Uh, And, uh, you know, very rarely does a, you know, a smaller fund like ours with individuals without a lot of big, Mm -hmm. you know, giants investing in it. Rarely can you get in a company like this. And we're just fortunate because we have a lot of relationships. You know, we're trusted. You know, a lot of it's from, you know, running Kaufman Fellows. We're known and we're trusted. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so we were able to have, be a part of that company. So our our investors have a part of that, a piece of that company, each of them in those four funds. Um, so that's the kind, you know, a kind of company that we're in. And then I'll take you all the way to a very early stage company. <laughs> awesome. So, so, so something like Maven is you know, because they're growing so rapidly and they're all over the, you know, growing all over the world, they're still private, but that's not as risky, although Mm -hmm. you can still make great returns. Um, So then, you know, that helps us balance this out. So we're in a company called Prime Genomics. Prime Genomics may enable, so if there are listeners out here that are, you know, 30 years old or younger, um, they may never have to have a mammogram to uh, determine if they have breast cancer. Like my generation, my generation has for decades, you know, radiated our healthy breast tissue to see if we have cancer. And smush them in a very uncomfortable, unpleasant scenario, right? (laughs) Yeah, 
It wasn't like you were even relaxing during the radiation like an airplane. You were we're we're in pain. We're in a torture chamber. It's terrible. And you know, for years, um, so so I saw I, I heard about this company, started researching them, started calling. I'll tell you a little I started calling a couple of my venture capital friends, you know, that I you know, one that I knew had reviewed the company and passed on it. Mm. And so you know, you do they want to say, What am I missing? Because I love yeah. this company. And um and so he said, well, you know, Trish, uh, mammography is a huge, you know, profit center for, for uh, hospitals and radiologists make a lot of money at that. And so even though I think the solution, which I'm going to tell you about, is, uh, is, you know, really, you know, exciting, who's going to actually use it when they're already, they make so much money, you know, with mammography. And I said, let me tell you who will who will move that company if it if it is what I think it is women women yeah we own you know, the, you know the he said uh, radiologists own breast cancer and I said women own breasts <gasps> so we're gonna go after this company and look at it and if it's right we'll invest in it the the promise of this company is that once a year we will get our little vial we'll spit in it cork it up you know drop it in the mail and two weeks later, they'll come back and tell us if we have breast cancer wow. or breast cancer free. And so the ability to, but they were not finding money because people didn't want to go up against the mammogram companies, but we have thousands of investors. Yep. So we're not only helping with the testing on it, but you know, when they really go out into the market, we're going to be the ones demanding that service rather, you know, than, than uh, the mammography. That's right. That's right. And, you know, it's crazy to me sometimes um, investors I hear say like, well, women seem to be comfortable with the pain that they're enduring. So why would they ever change? And it's like, because they just don't have any other option. You know, it's not that women are fine with being having cramps or this or hot flashes and stuff that we don't have any other option. So, you know, that sounds to me a whole lot like, well, it looks like the, what's happening is fine. And so, you know, it doesn't need disruption, but if you owned breasts that needed to be radiated and squished once a year, you would say, no, 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 I'll write you a check. Like <laughs> this is, this yeah. absolutely needs innovating. Well, and there's so many areas like that. You're so right. It's like if they don't experience it themselves or haven't seen it with their wives. Um, and again, remember, 90% of investors are in venture capital or male. Yeah. Then they just don't have that understanding. No. And yeah. even if they've, ex if their wife has experienced it, that's, you know, as we say, an N of one. So it doesn't, mm -hmm. so listen to, to help you. But, you know, I can, you can, you could give me any topic or any lifestyle, lifespan of women. And I'm sure, you know, we could, we could play this game, Brittany, where you would, you know, we would look at childbirth and say, oh my God, if we had, if we really had, you know, the ideal technology, you know, we wouldn't have, you know, hemorrhage during childbirth. What we do now is we just stick, you know, cotton pads uh, up yes. into a woman. You know, um, we would, you know, we would, we would know more about diagnosing preeclampsia. We would know we wouldn't be getting epidurals in that same way. There'd be different ways. All of those things are that technology is is possible to develop. There's just not been the demand or the money behind it, and so that's what we're changing. Brittany, do you know women own over half of the investable assets in the U.S. today? We own over half. Wow. And and uh, but if you look at angels, so some of the as one of the stats that I think is really interesting. 30% of wealthy men have invested in an entrepreneurial company. Okay. 
You have do you have any you want to I, <laughs> would you like to guess what that number is for women, wealthy women? Uh 5%. That would be a a very nice increase. Um one half of 1% of wealthy women have invested in an entrepreneurial venture. Oh my gosh. Why do you think that is? You know, I, I've been to panels where they say, well, you know, one time I was at, at, at a conference and a man on a panel said, well, women are, are very risk adverse. And I booed him because that's not, I don't think is the case. Um, I, I think it's because of financial literacy. Is that the, is that what you guys find or? Yes, we think it's that. We think it's that we've not been in those traditional networks mm. because these are very kind of clubby kind of things, right? So, um, you know, you're on the golf course and somebody says, oh, I've just heard of this great, you know, this great company. Nobody else knows about it. If, you know, anyone wants in, you know, write me a $25,000 check. So it's these really informal kind of club kind of things mm -hmm. that happen. And, and we traditionally were not a part of this, yeah. you know. And so this idea of investing in companies really came in, uh, you know, the kind of the modern way of doing it is, is was kind of in the, 50s and 60s really got started in the 70s and 80s and we just weren't a part of those those groups yeah. uh, and so we're not just naturally part of the networks and then we think again that there's some kind of training we needed to go through mm -hmm. oh I don't have an MBA I can't do that um, that's why you know, and, and the and the truth of the matter with this is that we are excellent investors mm -hmm. in this kind of space and not just I mean femtech especially but in active aging, we're taking care of our parents and we're the ones more likely to age. Yeah. And in technology, for God's sake, if we're not in AI and data investing in those spaces, our future is going to be really grim if only men are investing in artificial intelligence and, and data. So I can take almost any of these and think if women's voices aren't around the table and they won't be, if we don't put, you don't get a, you don't get a voice at the table without writing a check in this world. Um, but we understand teams, right? Mm -hmm. We are the ones buying these. We understand markets. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we know what prices are out there that, you know, you're paying for. You know, we understand. We, we know everything we need to know, especially if we're in a group. You can't do it by yourself. I don't do it by myself. And I'm an expert. You know, I only <laughs> do it with a group. So, wow. No, it's, uh, but what you can tell, I love this so. I, I should let you ask me questions. I just no. To we're this is a conversation. It's conversation here. Yeah. No. This is amazing. So you know, the first femtech fund went swimmingly. You made all these investments in big companies, new companies, all these things. And was there an outcry for a secondary fund, or what? Oh, yeah. What kickstarted fund number two? Which when oh, is it my opening? Gosh. Yes. Well, so, you know, as we talked about, we were the first fund in the venture mm -hmm. fund in the space. So as you can, and, and as you can imagine, we have so, you know, it in, so the, the lingo, the, the word that we would use is deal flow. Mm -hmm. So we have so many companies that are coming in, you know, to us looking for funding. So we have hundreds of companies that uh, I think are venture backable. We have yes. thousands of companies that at least, and so we invested, you know, in, in those companies, 10 in this fund, as I said, we've done 22 overall, you know, from our active agent and other funds. And uh, that fund fully invested in May. So, you know, we were just coming, really coming out of the shock of COVID, mm. finished up, we had two others uh, funds 
uh, Rising America, you know, to finish. Uh, and as soon as we were able to, we usually don't keep more than two new funds open at a time, you know, just re prepared to re to launch FinTech too. So we have great deal flow, more and more companies coming in, more opportunities, more understanding mm-hmm. of, of the, both the challenges and the opportunities in this industry. So um, I expect, you know, we'll close it pretty rapidly. I would think that, you know, before the holidays, you know, we'll, we'll definitely before the holidays, we'll have a first close and start making those investments. So amazing. I love to hear that you have a lot of deal flow. So companies seeking investment, because, you know, when I was going to start Femtech Focus, some of my peers, again, VC, mostly men were like, but that's so niche. Is there really a lot of Femtech companies? And I was like, there's, there's a lot there. There's many, many, many. And so I've actually tried over, you know, the past year to find a database of these companies and actually I've reached out to Crunchbase, CBI Insights, PitchBook. And I'm like, y'all need to make this tag because this is ridiculous that I can't search this. Um, And as a good founder, I took matters in my own hands. And so Femtech Focus, we have our own database that we add to every day. And I think we're up to like 500 companies. And these are just companies we find on our newsletters. <laughs> we see it on Facebook. We just add it to the list, you know? There's a lot of femtech companies around the world. There, There is no limit to them. That is so true. And what we need to do is make sure that we can, um, that we can both, you know, we back those companies mm-hmm. with portfolio. And we're going to be working over the next three months to, basically pull together a full symposium of the investors because mm. uh, there's a number of venture funds that, that are, they, they're kind of tiptoeing in. They've done maybe one or two investments. Uh-huh. Um, we need to get them in. We need to yes. get them in some of the big dollars yes. uh, because what happens is that the younger companies, it's easier to finance them, but then they need to grow. They need more money. So you need to have those follow on investors from other venture funds that you trust. Uh, because Brittany, the other thing is, um, if you, if you have a venture capital firm that invests in your company as a woman CEO, and they've never invested in women CEOs before, you are more likely to be moved out of the CEO position oh, if they have a controlling interest. God. So you need to make sure that you're, that you are bringing in, you know, for that big dollars where control comes up, um, that you have people that really understand backing um, women's health companies and backing women entrepreneurs. If, if you have, you know, there are, there are great companies that men are also leading. I mean, Prime mm-hmm. Genomics, the, the breast cancer company I talked about earlier, the, the CEO is a male right now, the chief mm-hmm. science officer is female. So, um, but it's, yeah, it's really important on that. Mm-hmm. I, we're going to work together because between our list and your list, you know, we're, oh, uh, yeah. we're going to have some great, we're going to have some great companies. And then the other thing we have to do, Brittany, I think on this is that, so financing them is one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things I'm excited about with my Femtech 1, and I expect what will happen with Femtech 2, the second fund, is that over, well, in the in this fund itself, over half the investors are women from the medical community. Mm-hmm. So they're OB gynecologists mm-hmm. or anesthesiologists, family practice or nurse practitioners, they're consultants. You know, in this space, some of them are in venture, you know, but their firms aren't doing women's health. So um, so we have such um, a, a repository of knowledge, yes. you know, in our membership. And, and so the ability to make those, uh, enable those companies to be more successful. You know, we put out calls 
um, you know, to our membership and say, look, this, you know, their new product is, you know, this company's new product is coming out. You know, they're really wanting to test it in the derm, you know, the dermatology, yeah. you know, uh, practices. And we can put a call out and get, you know, 15 or 20 appointments set up like this. That's and so, so useful for founders. It is. So the ability for us to really use the member network. And honestly, when you're an investor in the fund, you want to help out. You want to <laughs> yes. help yeah, it's your money, you yeah. know, at work. And, um, you know, we talked earlier about Maven. And I mean, that's the reason we're in, in Maven clinics. That's They didn't need, you know, our couple million dollars. They had people lining up, you know, the biggest names in venture capital to put all the money they needed. Mm-hmm. But they knew that if they brought us in, we were, we were almost like a strategic partner yeah. because we're in 42 states, you know, and 14 countries. And we have all these, you know, um, medical professionals. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, Trish, I was going to ask you this afterwards, but I'm going to ask it on record because I think we do have people interested in investing, listening. So, um, you know, a Femtech Focus, we anticipate raising our own venture fund and, you know, I'm making my deck for it and stuff. And one of the risks I see that I'm like, I don't know the answer to it yet when I get asked about it, because I know I'll get asked, which is, well, if it if there's so few people investing in femtech, because men don't want to talk about vaginas on the golf course, aren't <laughs> you taking a very big risk being a seed stage series A early investor if they'll never raise another fund? And I don't know the answer to it yet besides like, hopefully people will come around and like continue to fund the companies that we invest early. Like, how do you respond to that? So I think being early in one of the largest and fastest growing markets is the perfect place to be. So we, and we're in the, we are in the perfect place, Brittany, um, moving in on this early, um, but with the wave, because you're seeing mm-hmm. all of the movement and understanding now. So you mm-hmm. don't want to be, you know, if we had started 10 years ago, um, it may have been a more, much more difficult yeah. play than it is right now. We, we're, we're, we're helping cause the wave. Yeah. We're bringing the wave forward. You are, we are uh, just and a number of others. It's still a very mm-hmm. small community, but we're defining this market, mm-hmm. uh, which is to me is the ideal place to be especially a market like this where it needs definition by outsiders. Yeah. You don't want the 90% men to find it and say, well, we'll define what success is. We, we we're the ones that should be uh, doing that. And we are now on that other side, on that backside, there's been a couple of interesting things that have happened over the last year. or So we've had some really amazing exits come. And so exit Mm -hmm. for those that are not that familiar with investing means someone's bought that company or it's gone public. And, um, and so people are getting their money back. They're becoming rich mm-hmm. now when a uh, women's health company is being sold. That was that last little piece that we needed yes. to, to go into the puzzle, Brittany. And so our timing is perfect because now people are looking, everyone's looking and going, whoa, there's money to be made over there. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, we're looking both, you know, we're going, we want to change the world and we want to make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is that time now where you can get the attention of those big funds and bring them in. And it's the, it's the, the perfect, the perfect space, the perfect time. Um, what you have to be really careful with right now is 
you know, we're in a very chaotic time in, in the world, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, a company like Maven Telehealth, you know, for women, she is more valuable today. She's way more valuable today than she was in February. Yep. There's a lot of other companies that are really struggling. Yeah. So my other one, Prime Genomics, you know, they're using saliva for their tests. Saliva is now a toxic substance. Yes. You know, yeah. so they, so we have to look at how to make sure we keep those other companies alive that may be negatively mm -hmm. impacted. So um, we have that. We also have questions on whether the uh, Affordable Care Act will That's go forward. Right. Yeah. You know, it is. Yeah. So all of those kinds of things impact the success of our companies reimbursement. There's all kinds of things that are technical mm -hmm. and, you know, we're difficult. So we have to get our heads around those because if there's anything that causes people to lose confidence in the women's health market, it's still nascent, you know, it's still just a baby. We've got a little toddler here. We're still, still um, moving forward with great potential. So that's what I think about is mm -hmm. how do I ensure that we're on this big trajectory and this uh, industry is just going to be more and more successful. That's right. That's what I tell founders all the time that, you know, a founder is our uh, investor literally is just watching your pitch, looking for how they can say no. <laughs> they're walking in ready to say no. And they're looking for the excuse. Don't give it to them. Right. And so, right. um, so that's why I'm thinking about our own risk, raising our fund. Like, well, but now I can just put Trish Costello's face there and say like, well, Trish is, uh, she knows what she's talking about. She says it's a great investment. You should write a check. Um, <laughs> well, come into our fund too. And then you'll have all those other companies on top of it. But perfect. Perfect. Trish. I, I, I want to just toss it out. Yes. Maven, Maven is such an amazing company. That fundraise is closed. So, um, you know, people can't get into it except for that, as I mentioned earlier, four of my funds invested mm -hmm. in Maven clinics. One of those funds, Active Aging and Longevity, still has some openings in it. And um, so if somebody was interested in being a part of Maven and likes Active Aging and Longevity, and we do, as you can imagine, we do, I mean, everything we... We back all of our companies are of interest to women. But um, so there's still an opportunity there. And then, of course, Femtech is opening next week. But Femtech, too, isn't necessarily going to be in Maven yeah. because Maven may not be raising money yeah. you know, for the next 18 months. We don't know. Um, so you never you do go in. Usually you go in. It's a blind fund. You don't know where we'll be going. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll be investing. It's happening as we as we go. But with activating and longevity, we are in Maven. Wow. Incredible. Trish, you are a rock star, a superstar, a woman who has paved the path for women like me who, you know, never thought venture capital was going to be my career. And now it is absolutely an option. And here we are. Um, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I am, I, I feel like we worked our way up to you. We've had we know Foz, Juliana, Chantel, and I was like, we got, we got the head of the beast. <laughs> we got it. So thanks so much for your time today. Well, if I could, Brittany, just say thank you so much for what you're doing, getting this message out. You're such an amazing voice for Femtech and just such a brilliant thinker and visionary. And so I am just so proud to be on this path with you. So thank you. Thanks, Trish. Thank you for listening to my interview with Trish Costello, founder and CEO of Portfolia, and a first mover in femtech investing. 
Portfolios building a powerful community of sophisticated investors focusing their money and influence to build the world that they want. If you've been convinced by this episode and others that you want to make a smart investment and put it into Femtech, well, there's some great news. The second Femtech Portfolio Fund is opening this month and accepting investments as small as $10,000. This is a great opportunity to get into investing with one of the best VC firms that I know. Who do you know that needs to hear this episode? Share this episode with your colleagues, with your friends, with your family, and tell them about this amazing opportunity. Alrighty, don't forget about our Vagina 101 podcast listening party on Monday, October 19th. 4 p.m. Central. Register for the event at our website, femtechfocus.org. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to our newsletter and follow our social channels. And until next time, keep innovating because improving women's health and wellness improves everyone's health and wellness. 